The Yuletide TV podcast is hosted by three college friends trying to find the best Christmas TV episodes ever made. That quest can, at times, be frustrating, which is a nice way of saying that this show contains explicit content. We know that might get us placed on the naughty list, but better us than you. Presents are the best way to show someone how much you care. It is like this tangible thing that you can point to and say, Hey man, I love you this many dollars worth. Welcome to the Yuletide TV Podcast, the podcast where we try and find the best Christmas TV episodes ever made. I'm Chris, and with me as always are my co-hosts Brian. Yes, hello. And John. Yes, hello. We're wrapping up our first week of shows where we've been pandering, reviewing shows you like. Oh, he's even picked up the microphone. That you might watch Christmas night. I think the lights are a bit much, but go off. <laughs> Is that pyrotechnics? <laughs> what did you have time to install that? Your family's coming to town soon, aren't they? You know, every every episode this week, I just wanted to add a little bit more because this is the last chance I get to do it. I, I don't know that I'm going to really have songs for the for the rest of the weeks here. It's, it's been two days. I still have not listened to that link you sent me. <laughs> you said you understood the bit last time. Yeah, I know I did understand the bit, but I st- I'm still a shitty friend. I haven't listened to the song. Well, you send a friend a link, you expect him to pop that sucker open. Don't open any of the links I send you. First of all. Oh, I already did. I already got yelled at <laughs> about uh, a skit from I think you should leave. I can't remember. Oh, so curious which one I sent you. Oh, what was it? It said Bart Harley Jarvis. You should name your baby Bart <laughs> Harley Bart Jarvis. Harley. Oh, Bart Harley, do it. Do it. Yeah, Bart, Bart Harley, Harley Jarvis. The back of his skull is completely flat. <laughs> no, 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 no. Name it. Name it. Name it. Name your name your kid Dan Flashes. <laughs> Dan Flashes. This this kid has my exact Ex- style. style. <laughs> Shut the fuck up, dog. <laughs> but that did happen. I have been doing that. Is there a Christmas episode of I Think You Should Leave? That'd be great. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, episode, but there is the Santa sketch. Yeah. The Cosmic Gumbo Man. <laughs> we could also we could throw in the gift one with Steve Yoon just for uh we could just be, oh you know, and that's, the uh it's close enough <laughs> there's that opener with Sam Richardson from the first season where it's like oh yeah Ebenezer we need to go to the future <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about uh, that yeah it literally open it opens on it that opens on it. There's yeah. there's some options. There's some options. You should just string together all the Christmas skits. Honest to God, I think you guys would have killed me. But I wanted, I at some point want to do an SNL week where we just pick different Saturday Night different Live Christmas years. episodes from throughout the ages. Oh man, it's just gonna be us picking exclusively '80s and late '90s. <laughs> <laughs> i mean there are some very like there's a great steve martin one that takes place around christmas in the early 90s whoa, and whoa, they whoa. do a big musical opening number and you just keep looking at the people come out and you're like how were this many famous people on this show at one time well like the the, the cast that always strikes me is the like actually like even the, the one with like bill murray i think like all of them work <laughs> pretty much like where it's like all of them go on to do shit and they still like fired half of them like that's how like <laughs> under like under poached that market was they're just like yeah like all of you are gonna go on to be like fucking multi like 
multi-starring role people. We're firing you. You're not funny enough. <laughs> Speaking of something that would go on to produce multiple stars, and I guess by multiple, I mean two. Two? Two and a half. Well, let's name them. Well, wow. let's go on. No, there's the a lot more here. than two, actually. There's Chris Pratt. There's Nick Offerman. There's uh, <laughs> arguably, oh, I can't remember his name. Audrey Plaza is one of them. Uh, mm-hmm. Don't forget, don't forget Amy Poehler. Your baby mama. Was well, the heart Brian, of the show. Brian, Brian, Brian yeah. watched yeah, yeah. the wrong show today. Brian watched the wrong show today. Shut the fuck made, up, Chris. Made by, made by the same people. Made yep. by the same. Yeah. Yeah. Exact same people. <laughs> we are going to get to talking about the episode in just one minute, but first of all, wish do, everyone. Do we have a promo? We haven't done no, a promo we don't in have a, a while. No, no promos. No promos. This is going to be a promo less season unless something very exciting happens in the next Fucking few COVID. weeks. <laughs> Fucking COVID. <laughs> it's destroying it's our small business. <laughs> It'll be a promo this year unless someone wants to pay us to shave our balls. <laughs> it's funny because someone Scape your wanted balls, to. John. The promotional <laughs> material said scape your balls. <laughs> Ballscape. 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 By Manscape. <laughs> <laughs> but today is obviously black friday so uh we hope you all had a nice thanksgiving if you're working today uh we're sorry and we hope it's going okay so sorry Uh, if you're not we hope you're relaxing and not bothering anyone who is working today yep but how did the uh turkey day go for you boys and uh how ready for christmas are you now you know my feelings i let the turkey day breathe until until december (laughs) i'm just real thankful till that second one turns into a two john's not having it (laughs) no december only i'm really excited to spend my first christmas uh, with my lovely wife and our son or daughter it's gonna be so exciting as a new family little turkey curran little turkey curran this feels like a chalupa batman moment and i'm okay (laughs) this is gonna be like one of those things where you're gonna like give him a normal or her a normal middle name and then that's what they're gonna go by but then they'll like get engaged to someone later in life and they'll be like hey i need to tell you something my My real name name? isn't john or joanna or let's go with let's go with danny none of those names were on our list let's go with danny because it can be for both a boy and a girl and they're gonna be like oh well what's your real name and they'll have to be like turkey because my dad lost a bet to his podcasting friends <laughs> what was the bet you motherfuckers just declared it i mean he's always they'll always be turkey to me they will yeah, exactly exactly i feel like i'm gonna i feel like we're gonna go and it's gonna be like a legacy kid to go to st norbert college in De Pere, and immediately God, like all the parents there. all the parents are gonna be like helping their kids move in oh it's up turkey <laughs> they're gonna do everyone's everyone's gonna do the awkward fist bump to that kid and they'll be like oh is what why why does everyone keep doing that and they'll be like no that's that's, no, that's me man. that's me i'm turkey that's me i'm i'm turkey yeah would they go by would they go by turkey turk or key it's probably turk right turk because supplementally they are going to be raised on scrubs yeah then they'll grow up to be a surgeon uh, hopefully, you know, or whatever he or she wants to be. 
So, Brian, you uh, think your kid can grow up to be anything. Does that include working at a paper company? I cannot recall at this time. Well, <laughs> if they can, or if that's the direction they want to go in your life, you should I'm show them. I'm trying to get him going on Congress, baby. I well, cannot recall the details at this time. Brian, not everyone's going to go to Congress. Some of them are going to end up assistant to the regional manager. Yeah, or assistant to the assistant regional manager. Or hell, just giving paintball lessons on a farm. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I mean, Laden. if they end up in any kind of corporate environment, you might want to show them what we watched for today, which was Christmas Party, the 10th episode of the second season from the office american american edition good clarification that's what we're going to be talking about today it originally aired on december 6 2005 which as i typed that in for my notes today made me feel exceptionally old and uh, it's currently available to stream on peacock but if you haven't had a chance to watch it for yourself here's a little of what happened It's time for the Dunder Mifflin Christmas party, and while everyone is excited to share their secret Santa gifts, Michael is disappointed after spending money on a video iPod and receiving a lovely handmade oven mitt. This causes him to change Secret Santa into a game of a Yankee swap, much to everyone's dismay, particularly Jim, who drew Pam and curated a gift especially for her. With everyone in low spirits, Michael visits the liquor store to put everyone in a better mood. The ploy works and the party gets moderately raucous, while Pam ends up trading the iPod she secured from Yankee Swap for Jim's gift. The party winds down with everyone heading out to the bar, seemingly forgiving and forgetting all the horrible things their boss did to them that day. Yeah, he did a lot of a lot of not good. A lot of shitty things. Yeah, a lot of bad. A lot of bad in this episode. Yeah. So much. He's not a good boss. Yeah, I I don't know if this is starting in too big of a place, but it's like kind of my problem with The Office becoming what it has become. Because I, you would not have found in 2005 a bigger proponent of this show than sophomore Chris. I I just want to point out too that that was half your life ago. Thank you for that. (laughs) You're you're (laughs) welcome, buddy. You know it's worse. It's more than half my life because now it is. I was. I I'm 32, Brian. I didn't want to add to it. You seem to do done that math yourself. I'm still a young, hot 31. Ugh. 30 fun and still digging it, my digging friend. It. <laughs> Sean. Jesus. But I was I was so into the show as it aired, pretty much up until Steve Carell left, and. I just cannot go back and rewatch this show with the same fervor that so many people do. And I don't know if that's because the mockumentary style has been done to death. I don't know if most of what accounts for jokes in the show basically is just harassment, but it just doesn't give me much joy to sit down and watch this show anymore. I think here's a little bit of it, okay? When you were in high school, you didn't understand what work life would be like. So you see this show and you think, hey, at least that's kind of fun. You got a gym in the office doing pranks. I could do that. I could be that person. Just keeping it light, keeping it loose. And then, you know, (laughs) then you go through college, you get out, you start working in the corporate world and you see, oh my God, I would hate these qualities in a superior. This environment seems like hell. 
I don't even like it when the person next to me clicks on their keyboard too loud or with any kind of fervor. So how the fuck would I survive this hellscape? But that's my personal <laughs> take on it. <laughs> it actually is concerning that so many people probably want to be like Jim, who would be the most annoying fucking coworker. Like, he is right. he is worse than he would be worse than Dwight to deal with. Because, like, if you did not interact with Dwight, he would just fucking be weird by himself, and you'd be like, that was fine. Instead, he's made it everyone's problem by putting stapler on a gel or jello on a stapler. Yeah. I think part of the problem, too, is, like, everyone is miserable in this show, to a degree. If you really think about it, I mean, outside of maybe Dwight, like, everyone is just kind of miserable especially in this episode where their misery is compounded in many ways by Michael's actions and on top of what is already like the whole putting on an office Christmas party just seems like a chore in and of itself that is is only made worse by switching from a secret Santa to a Yankee swap. In which case, everybody just wants the iPod. Except for Angela, who who gets what she wants in the weirdest bit imaginable which like is like and uh, i i know i kind of started off on a very harsh note here like i laughed at parts of this episode i laughed at several parts of this episode i wasn't laughing at all the parts they wanted me to laugh at but there were some like i think bob vance vance refrigeration is a killer gag yeah that's very funny it was only highlighted too by bj novak following the whole thing up with i think the perfect delivery of so what do you do yeah what what line of work you in bob <laughs> what line of work are you in? <laughs> <laughs> like that is that is probably one of the funniest parts of the entire episode maybe i mean <laughs> the thing is like that i mean i hate to do the office thing but it's like that's like legitimately something that kind of happens in real life like when I was working at my previous job, we would all introduce ourselves and where, like, what store we worked in, and yeah. like that exact kind of cadence. I'd be like, "Hey, uh, John uh, Green Bay, John Green Bay, John Green Bay." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, where you work, John? <laughs> like Green Bay. Green Bay. When that part happened, I thought about uh, when I was complaining about how Jerry Seinfeld thinks jokes like happen mostly from like cadence and like how words sound. And Bob Vance Vance Refrigeration is like, it made me laugh a lot. It's right up and there. Was, yeah. Like and, it, and it's, I, it just, it feels good on the ears. Yes. And again, the retort to it isn't, what do you do for a living? What's your job? It's, so what line of work are you in? Which is so casual and deadpan and dry. Chef's kiss. Yeah. Cool. I wasn't a, I'm not, I was not a big office person when we were younger and I still remain not a big office person, which is a tremendous challenge in our college time when this was the show people had to Netflix and chill to and I had to have alternatives, which is why I've had first dates to Gone Girl. But. (laughs) (laughs) So bad. Holy shit. When are you going for the first kiss after NPH gets its throat (laughs) slash? Fuck. Oh, if you're not, if you're not already in by the throat slash, you might as well just go home. (laughs) Uh, <laughs> you certainly won't be in after it <laughs> but uh, i guess my my question is was uh the bj novak character like 
intentionally supposed to be overlapping with the Jim character, and they were just trying to, like, see which one was going to, like, connect as the normal guy. Jim is the guy who's been there longer than he thought he was going to be there, but Ryan is the temp. And I think eventually, in the, like, Ryan's story in the show, like, he, like, becomes, like, he has, like, a Napoleon complex almost. Like, he, like, takes over the entire company at one point and, like, oh. almost runs it into the ground. Like, he has a very weird trajectory. And I think part of it might be, like, what you're saying where I think that's a really good observation where you kind of, like, start out as this secondhand everyman. And then they try to figure out, like, okay, how are we going to slot him into something so he's not just another gym yeah like i don't know a ton about um the office like i know like a little bit about parks and rec and i know they were really fluid with how they made that show so i was just curious if that was like maybe they're like oh maybe we're not feeling john the whole jim pam thing maybe we're gonna go off that we have this guy ready i think it was more so that like because this show uses so many people that were like writers and like behind the scenes people that like as characters that I think to just fill out the office at the beginning that became the staple core cast like later on that you know BJ Novak was I think he's an executive producer on the show or a he was definitely like one of the head writers I think at one point so I mean part of it is he just kind of was probably giving himself stuff to do yeah good for him I think the reason I didn't find this as I like I don't just not like The Office like I will I will turn it off if you put it on (laughs) like I I really do not find the show endearing or funny but I think the reason that I didn't hate this was that it it did not have like a central focus character and it clipped along really fast so it just like seemed like it was done (laughs) before I had to like pretend to care about something I didn't I think that's a good play. I mean, everyone gets a good amount of playing time. And, like, obviously, like, part of it is just because of the nature of the show. Like, Jim Pam and Michael, like, get get a majority of the focus. But everyone has good little moments. And the Secret Santa really, like, helps facilitate that. And it helps facilitate the interactions because, you know, you have all those little moments of people going through what they bought for their Secret Santa and so the Angela thing with the babies dressed as adults <laughs> is pretty funny. And then the Jim's gift from Creed I also liked where he's like, so I'm pretty sure what happened is he woke up, forgot uh, that he had to do this, grabbed a shirt and put it in a bag. And then they cut to Creed and he goes, yeah, that's exactly what happened. <laughs> <laughs> I really enjoyed the Creed, the Creed bit. I liked the guy who had to buy the baby poster. I thought his his answers there were very funny, and so was Mindy Kaling. Big or fan Kevin. of uh, Kevin too. Oh yeah. I stole the foot massager. Cause that's yeah, what I don't I got, know, and I really wanted it. I w- stoked to use it. <laughs> Maybe I should have gotten the iPod. I hope people adore that character because he is he they is do. what carries that show for me. Look up that actor sometime, Brian Brian Baumgartner, I believe is his name. He makes a ridiculous amount of money on cameo oh thank god yeah like for people just asking for him to like do messages as his character yeah i never want that man to have to work again he's he he nailed it well it's 
it's it's crazy because like you have a lot of people who had a lot of success coming out of that show but then there's like this second tier of character that just like all of a sudden they didn't get work anymore and then there was this weird cultural turn where everyone discovered this show at the same time and just were binge watching it over and over again and all of a sudden all these people started like getting noticed again but in like really like small scale ways holy shit he made a million last year good for him on camera should have been more charges 195 too cheap (laughs) (laughs) let me let me talk to you about let me teach you economics all right there's this guy brian Baumgartner out there (laughs) so you know what was a really interesting observation on my part was that earlier this week too just to throw did you did you pat yourself on the back for that observation no 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 i was scratching my head i was like (laughs) But you know what? While we're at it. <laughs> Earlier this week, to throw something on while we were getting ready for bed and to fall asleep too, we put on uh, 500 Days of Summer. Mm-hmm. Right? Which, mm-hmm. for the uninitiated, like a rom-com without being a rom-com and the happy, without having the happy ending, and it's actually supposed to make you realize that, oh, holding on to some of these ideals and uh, 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 these beliefs about true love and everything like that can be bad for you. Uh, in a specific relationship and watching the office pre Jim and Pam's relationship reminded me a lot of those kind of same motifs of holding a torch. And as you're an impressionable young man, you think, Oh, this woman I know really well could be my girlfriend and be the forever person. I should hold this torch forever and uh you know be in potentially a very unhealthy relationship with her while she's in another relationship and uh you know the nice thing about 500 days of summer is that uh, joseph gordon levitt snaps out of it and kind of realizes where his relationship with summer was lacking before he tried to pursue it any further and uh, jim just kind of gets that train all the way to the station regardless doesn't he yeah and i think that plot point definitely did not sit great with me in this episode and i couldn't say why because it's not it's not exactly gross or anything it's just like sad in a not fun way and i think that's part of like you know this thing that i'm experiencing with the show where it's like okay, when I was a sophomore in high school and this like, will they, won't they relationship and the girl that's like just out of reach and like that has a very, you know, exciting and romanticized quality to it. And now at 32, it's like, why were you doing this? You're in your mid twenties. This woman is in a relationship already. You're in a job you very clearly hate. Yeah. Let me, let me tell you, uh, it's like if you're driving, on the highway oh john this is this is my favorite part of the show brian analogy time yeah well luckily this is about (laughs) something i might know about oh okay (laughs) right if you're driving on the highway and there's somebody in front of you not going your speed right and it's your decision to follow that person for a bit and then you kind of get upset and angry that they're not going the speed that you want guess what it's your decision to do that and it's your responsibility to do the thing you want, which is pass the person, right? So if you're stuck in a dead-end job, you're really not digging your life, and the only person you feel romantic connection to is out of reach, maybe you should do something different with yourself. 
Get a hold of those bootstraps and just give him a good tug. Just give him a good tug. I mean, I think the reason that the show succeeds is that, like, whether everyone is willing to admit it or not, but at, like, some point in your life you've had the, like, I hate to use, like, the terming work wife, but, like, that, I don't know, that person you work with that has, you you have something to that level of Jim and Pam with someone that you work with just because you're together fucking 15 hours a day. That's okay. And yeah, and that's fine, fine. but you don't have to, but certainly don't over pursue it. Like, I think what people are, people like the show is that like, no one actually pursues that (laughs) because we're all sane and live in reality. The people that do pursue it, I, they don't, they they don't have jobs no more. Well, that's, Uh, (laughs) we're about to lose a lot of our listenership if we continue down this road. Well, and yeah. I think I think part of the problem is too. Like, I I don't necessarily disagree with you, but I would say that in my adult life, that has been less true than like, because like working retail as a teen, like definitely had some, you know, work wife situations with mm-hmm. just like other people that were my age, and like we're all hey in this shitty job together. But I don't know. It just like it just seems odd. Yeah, I guess I should clarify that, like, that for sure did not happen when I had, like, real big boy jobs. Yeah, like, not in an office I was just mostly screaming in fear. I think there are a number (laughs) of people that grow up aspiring to have a job that's going to have a huge impact on them and is going to make a difference and is going to, like, be that family. And then you get into the real working world and you think to yourself, okay, as long as I have a job where I can come in do my shit and then disconnect and not be bothered until I come in the next time for work. That's like the dream. Yeah. <laughs> Dude. Yeah. Oh man. That's great. I had a, had a team that I managed where, uh, they're the two like younger ones were like very super invested in the idea of like having an office or parks and rec type family. It was the most annoying shit in my life. <laughs> don't like, get me wrong we, i want to make sure let's get out to the let's get out to the me. bars yeah no no yeah well, let's here's yeah let's I, go home like, no, no there's <laughs> a difference there's a difference between like making sure like your employees are appreciated and you're creating like a um you know a fostering environment and then there's uh so when are we doing trivia gang huh it's a very fine line between having that happen naturally and having it be nice and having that be forced and be wanting to just like run off a cliff. Oh my God. Every time, man, every time, every time it would happen. Yeah. But like I've had ones where it was like organic and like fun and yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, absolutely. Yeah. It can be great. But I think you have to have a certain type of job for that shit, which uh, I'm sure maybe these guys do. I don't know. I refuse to, I refuse to cold call people. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, cold calling is the, the worst. worst. Didn't you cold call people, Chris, for the Alumni Foundation? Oh yeah, I did too. Oh jeez, oh that's right, you both did. It was it was real bad, and I hated every minute of it. And I got out of that job as quickly as I could. <laughs> I met a girl there that I dated. And also one time I showed up really, really high and I realized I couldn't function at that job. And I just looked at the supervisor person who was not much older than us and just said, I'm high and leaving. And then just like shuffled out the door. 
Nice. <laughs> and they still paid me for those two hours. Hey, at least you didn't try and do something irresponsible, like raise money while high. Yeah. <laughs> I got, like, one answer, and I was like, and it was just, like, a frozen moment of just, like, do you want to give money to the, the Alumni Foundation? Just, like, which, by the way, now I feel bad for ever doing that job, because I get those calls from the university I went to after our time together at Schnorbs, and it, it makes me want to jump off a building. So this is a Christmas episode, and I wanted to ask a Christmas-related question, which is, besides the video iPod, if you guys could pick one gift to Yankee Swap in this gift exchange of this episode, which one would you pick? I don't know that there's a right answer, but there's certainly an answer that it would get the FBI called on you. <laughs> <laughs> I was folding laundry while I did this. Could you point the answer out? No, that would be get the FBI called on you. The baby poster. Yeah, dude. the baby poster, bro. Oh, okay, the baby yeah. poster. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, cool, cool, that's cool. that'll get the FBI called on you. Cool, cool, cool. What was available? Give me that oven mitt. That shit was dope. The, the oven mitt. Yeah, the oven mitt was seemed nice. So yeah. mean, so mean. That looked oh, like a. God. That looked like some high quality loving care put into that if that were my secret santa gift i would be elated because exactly what chris said somebody made this for you yeah i would have been and it looked well made it Mm -hmm. It had a great little like heat sucker on it like a grippy oh she's phyllis get it right yeah when people make things for you it's fantastic and that was well made you know my wife made me a robe one time and um Mm -hmm. i still wore it it was not well made. Oh. <laughs> but I love her for it. Oh, no. It's it's about the effort. If I had a paintball gun, I would probably yeah. utilize the paintballs. I did. That was the other part. I, did, I didn't like a lot of Dwight in this episode, but I did like the cutaway gag of him practicing with the paintballs and saying, yeah. take that, Saddam. Like, Still topical. I, I thought that was very funny. I mean, there's, like, I think the strength of the episode was that it clipped, and it had really funny, like, little bits, and it, maybe I don't get The Office, but, like, the part that makes me want to explode my brain is the Jim and Pam stuff, and then anytime they had John Krasansky look at the camera while Michael was talking, it's like, isn't this boss weird? It's like, no, that's, like, pretty much every boss. <laughs> that's just... It was three times, by the way. I was I was trying to keep count. Yeah. It was at least three. It was at least three direct camera. Isn't this crazy? Looks. Can you believe this? And then he goes on to make a movie that uh, really, really is too proud of itself too. So you know, great casting. That? Quiet place. That was good casting. Wait, are we shitting on a quiet place? Yeah, I'd... he is. I'm not. I'm not gonna participate in shitting on it. I enjoyed a quiet place. It's just too proud of itself. I disagree, and I am very sensitive to that sort of stuff because I also am not a fan of things that are too proud of itself. I I don't think it falls into that category. No, now, Jack Ryan season two, way too proud of itself. (laughs) If you guys were wondering who watches Jack Ryan, turns out it's Brian. It is me. I'm a big fan. Turns out Brian is keeping that show alive on Amazon Prime. I am trying to. I, the first season is very good. I enjoy watching Hunt for Red October, Patriot Games, Clear and Present Danger. Shadow Recruit. <laughs> well, I think we can 
jump to ratings. I mean, there isn't a lot to say about this episode uh, that we haven't already covered, I think. So let's let's give her some ratings. We can call this a Christmas classic, a pair of socks, or a lump of coal. Brian or John, who wants to lead things off for our last episode of this week? Uh, we're going to kick things off with a pair of socks. Would I hate it if I had to watch it again? No. Will I intentionally seek it out every year? Absolutely not. This was on the fast track to actually classic. I was really enjoying my time with it. And then the last joke sucked so bad it knocked it into socks. Which? The boob joke? Yeah. Because oh. he takes the boob picture. And I was like, this is like a weird, it's a weird thing. Just a weird interaction. It is a weird interaction overall. Yeah. I found it very uncomfy. Big uncomfortability. Yeah. Back to socks. Yeah, it's it's going to be a socks for me as well. Um, the interesting thing that I'm going to pat myself on the back for observing is uh, <laughs> I, I thought this episode had a, a similar parallel to the Seinfeld episode where it the impression it leaves on you is more significant than the episode itself. I remember, I really remember this episode standing out. And I think part of that is just the way Steve Carell says Yankee Swap. There is something very distinct that just grinds into my brain and has left an impression of Yankee Swap. Yankee Swap. But the episode. What was it? What was it again? Yankee Swap. (laughs) 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 I think I'm getting a little interfered. Yankee Swap. (laughs) Okay. All right. But the episode itself, like, it's not that funny. It's not that interesting overall, I guess. I mean, like, maybe if you're looking at it in the grander scheme of the the season and the and the overall story, it probably has some significance. But I don't know. There just isn't much to it, which is which is fine. You know, I will say one thing too that, and we haven't talked about this much yet this season, but I will say, as standalone episodes, all three of these that we picked this week. Uh, stand alone pretty well they just aren't really packing you know this is probably the most Christmassy episode that we've watched so far this season and it is very Christmassy I guess I mean it's all around a Christmas party there's a Christmas tree there's gifts exchanged there's snow there's I don't know if they do any Christmas songs explicitly in here but it just kind of left me blah at the end of the day it Mm. leaves you thinking or at least it left me thinking how did this show survive seven more seasons Whenever I watch YouTube things talking about television, which I do sometimes, because I'm just a sad, sad, weird boy, they always talk about how, like, The Office, like, pivots really hard after the first season to make, like, Steve Carell likable. Mm-hmm. And, uh, did I d- did not seem to notice that. <laughs> <laughs> I think if you want to talk about shows pivoting, like, and you want to compare it to Parks and Rec, of which it, you know, spiritually is spun off of, like, Parks and Rec takes a pretty hard shift on a lot of its characters after the first season to kind of course correct some things. I think the the change in the office is a little more subtle and it is a general growth to make Michael more of a relatable human being that you can sympathize with rather than someone who is just going around being a jerk because they don't understand how interacting with humans works. <laughs> there it is. Yeah, my my weird out of touch boss was actually a sociopath. <laughs> but he did oh. 
He did get me 15 bottles of plastic bottle vodka. All those people are going to oh. die of their hangover. He's going to have no staff. Oh. Yeah. Also, yeah, it's like, what were they... Dr- I mean, who... Was was that entire party just drinking straight shitty vodka? vodka? I mean, they, they had a pop machine. So I imagine some people were going and mixing with some pop. But... I don't... That did not look pleasant. No. No. And also, you don't want to be hard liquor boss. Unless it's a special occasion. <laughs> or a really hard day. You want to be beer's oh. boss. Hey... Go buy a pitcher on me. Have a good night. Thanks for your hard work. You don't want to be, hey, you all remember freshman year of college where you almost died? Let's get drunk. <laughs> we could, uh, at my last job, we could write off beers and, like, send them to the company to get paid. But if the second you had a fucking hard liquor drink on there, we ain't paying. Oh, really? That's interesting. After work, you could. If you obviously don't send them alcohol during work hours, yeah. Two drinks per person, no liquor. That is gonna do it for the office, and that's gonna do it for pandering week. But never fear, we're gonna be back on Monday to kick off a brand new week of episodes, uh, and we're gonna be watching some of our favorite shows from our childhood, or at least shows that are directed for a child audience uh brian do you want to remind listeners of what we're going to be watching uh, for monday yeah i would love to we are going to be watching arnold's christmas from nickelodeon show hey arnold it is an episode old enough to vote and that is 18 and i could be more excited i've talked about this episode a lot over the years and it is one that really stuck with me this is the vietnam one right yeah they don't explicitly say vietnam but it's vietnam Okay. Brian, I, I'm excited to watch it too. I, I watched a little Hey Arnold as a kid. I definitely have never seen this episode. And and all I want to do is, is give you a slow clap of congratulations after watching it. So I hope I, uh, I hope it delivers. Yeah, me, me too. This could be real bad. Surprised a football head like you hasn't watched it. Yeah. <laughs> I do have to convince my wife to watch it with me. Apparently, I uh, my family was bougie for just having the option of watching Nickelodeon uh, growing up. So it's going to be a hard sell here. Yeah, no, no cable, no cable when I was a kid. So mm-hmm. I got it when I was seven, and the first show I ever interacted with on it was Rocco's Modern Life, and then I'm pretty sure that's where all my mental health stuff happened. Rocco's Modern <laughs> and that Life. explains that is John's Joker origin. <laughs> Rocco's Modern Life. Instead of giving me anti-personality, anti-social personality disorder, it just gave me bad anxiety. Yeah. Holy shit. <laughs> you know, a lot of people would have said Ren and Stimpy, but you went Rocco's. I think you're the first person I've heard of. Ren and Stimpy is like... Ren and Stimpy is like visually... It is like something that children should never have been remotely close to, but were. <laughs> like, Ren and Stimpy was... It is a, it is a abhorrent that we were allowed to watch that. <laughs> But, like, Rocco's Modern Life, like, creates the reality of the world that you're like, hello, you're about to enter a world of constant work dread. And also, you'll never actually, like, get any of the things you want. Rocco's Modern Life. (laughs) Rocco's Modern Life. It's modern for a reason.
<laughs> well, if you're uh, looking for something to do this weekend, no better thing to do than to uh, leave us a little review or rating on your favorite podcast service. Um, otherwise, subscribe to us. Again, we got we got three episodes down. We got 12 more to go, leading all the way up to Christmas Eve. So stick with us. We got a lot of fun stuff coming up. Uh, if you got any wild Christmas office party stories you want to share with us, don't. You will get fired in this day and age. We will we will keep you anonymous <laughs> if we receive anything, but uh, send us a little send us a little note. Uh, Yuletide TV at gmail.com, uh, at Yuletide TV on Instagram or Twitter. Great places to reach us. We'd love to do a mailbag episode at some time, but to do that we need to get your mail. So we, we need mail. Yeah. Yuletide TV at gmail.com. Great place to do Does it. Does Santa really need another letter? I don't yeah, think so. we need we need letters. We need them. We need letters to be read in character, specifically about Digimon. We need letters every day. Until next time, we hope you make good decisions at your upcoming office Christmas parties. Learn from the mistakes made here and get your coworkers something nice if that yes. is required of you. Get every get everyone an iPod. Yeah, and say no to full handles of vodka. And say no. Yes, it's all good. Especially pieces of like advice. plastic. If if anyone gives you any liquor in a plastic bottle, don't. You're not 14. You're not gonna bounce <laughs> yeah. back from that shit. <laughs> like, we can't wait to see you on Monday. Until then, I have been Chris. I have been Brian. And I'm the Joker. I've been John. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Don't trip down those stairs. You're dancing down. We're glad you're still alive. Sleigh Bell Sounds provided by Michael Koenig from soundbible.com and Joy to the World provided by freexmasmp3.com.